morning. Happy New Year. You all okay? You have a good, good holiday, good break? Some of you are probably working all the way through it. You're saying, holiday? What holiday? So, um, uh, I really, can I just uh, add my encouragement to, uh, to Sue's to, to go tonight? Um, we did this last year, and, uh, and I went along, and it was, it was just excellent. I mean, it was really, really good. I just thought, oh, I'll go and it will be okay. But there was, there was something that there was, there was something about it that was really, really very special. And um, we're called City Church, yes? And uh, we care about our city. We love our city. We want our city to prosper in God's love, don't we? Don't we? Yeah, of course we do. So, um, and to get all these, uh, these people together and to get people together praying for them, and there were a good number of, uh, of churches there, I suppose, last time. There were probably, what, eight or ten churches represented there, as well as all those, those ministries. I felt it was, a, it was strategic. It wasn't just a good time. I felt it was really strategic. So as I was sitting there um, listening to Sue, I just thought, you know, I, I would really love it if actually we, we just outdid ourselves and said, I'm not going to have a Sunday evening sitting watching whatever you watch on Sunday evening or doing whatever you do. I am going to go and go. It would be great if we just overwhelmed the place with, uh, with city church attendance. So um, it's by no means I'm saying, you know, be there or else, but I'm, I'm really saying do, do uh, just think seriously about whether you could, you could go. It'll be a great time. Um, can I also just apologize that it's a bit chilly in here this morning? Um, because it's the, the school's been on holiday and therefore they've, they've had the, the heating off and the heating's been switched on. It was switched on before we, uh, we, we, we all met and gathered this morning, but it's, it's a big space. It takes a while for it to heat up. It'll probably be nicely warming up by about one o'clock. So uh, if you want to hang around till one, that'll be, that'll be great. Um, we start the new year with... Uh, New hopes and, and uh, often with, with resolutions. It's not so much a, a kind of uh, uh, a godly thing, but there's nothing ungodly about it. it it's a new year, there's a new sense of, of start. And I, I feel that our expectation at this time of the year is something that God can work with. So uh, this isn't part of, of what I'm going to say at all, except I am going to say it. So you could think this is, this is part one. So... Um, it's in three parts today, and this is part one. But this is not part of part two and three. Does that make sense? Good. Is there anybody who, at the point of the new year, and maybe even this morning, came in saying, Father, I'd really love to see this happen this year. My, my desires, my hopes are set on this, this year. Now, it might be something personal, it could be a personal need, could be a, a, a relational need around you, could just be something that's a, just a great desire within you that you want to see happen. Maybe it's to do with the, the city. Maybe it's to do with a, a particular type of Christian work that you're involved in. Maybe it's to do with seeing somebody that you know and love give their lives to Jesus. I just wonder if there's something within any of us right now that's saying, yeah, it's that for me. Um, 
Uh, we're, we'd simply going to take some time to pray about that right now. Would you mind standing if it is? You don't have to say what it is. Just, just stand. Wow, look at that. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. Wow. That's good. Okay. Now, uh, those of you who are not standing, you can help. Because uh, what's going to happen is the people who are standing, in a moment I'm going to ask you just to, to put your hand up because everybody's going to stand, and I just want to be able to distinguish between the people that are standing because you've stood now and the people that are standing to come and pray with you. So, um, and there's probably more people standing than there are to pray with them, but that's okay. I've got an answer to that. Um, so if you're not standing, could you go and stand with somebody who is now going to put their hand up to show that they'd like someone to come and pray. When, they have, when you have somebody with you, please put your hand down. Okay. And those people whose hands are still raised, if you're near somebody whose hand is also raised, you're just going to have to pray for each other. Okay? All right. Now, I, as everybody, now there are still one or two people with hands raised. Um, if we've got anybody spare, we need some prayers. If not, just pray with the person that's next to you so you know you can pray for them, they can pray for you. I don't think this is too complicated. Viv, have you got somebody to pray with you yet? You're going to pray for each other? Fantastic, great. All right, now, um, I don't want us to take all year over this, but uh, can you just very briefly, if you're the person that, that stood up, just tell the person that came to you very, very briefly, don't give them your life story Okay, and if it's a if it's a healing thing, if it's personal, just say uh, you know it's, it's just a healing need, whatever it is. Uh, because all we're doing is we're giving people a target, just something to aim their prayers at. I mean, we can pray, Lord, just generally bless this person, or we can say no. And if it's a healing need, then it gives you something specific to pray for. So let's do that for a couple of seconds. Don't start to pray yet. Just do that for very briefly. Tell each other what it is. Okay, going to finish soon, so make sure it's quick. Okay, good. All right. That should be long enough. Shh. Okay, now this is how we're going to, to pray. We're going to pray that God meets this person's expectations and surpasses them. Because God's the one who's able to do more than we can ask... Or imagine, that's true, isn't it? Yes. It is. So, and it's probably more than you can ask or imagine as the person praying for them. So let's pray in this way that, uh, that the Lord will meet that person's expectations more than they can ask or imagine. And, and there's no reason why God shouldn't meet some of those expectations right here and right now. There's no reason why God would not interact with somebody right in this moment. Because that's his desire, is to meet with us, isn't it? He, sometimes we need to wait for things. I understand that. But a lot of the time, we don't. A lot of the time, we can, we can meet with God in the here and now. So we're going to pray for a couple of minutes. Um, if, there's, if two people that put their hands up, if you're praying for each other, you're going to have to find a time to, to switch over. And we're going to take about five minutes for this, and then we're going to finish. Okay? All right, let's pray.
Okay, brilliant. Fantastic. One of the things that I has felt whilst we're praying, I has felt God emphasizing this whole business of increasing our expectations. One of the difficulties when you've been following the Lord for a while is um, we have to learn to deal with disappointments. And uh, coming back from disappointments and expecting God to meet us in greater ways than we have experienced in the past is it requires courage. And uh, I feel as though the Lord wants to, to highlight that for us and just to say, let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid. If we're afraid, it's because we're expecting disappointment. And when we come to God, we should never, ever, ever expect disappointment. Disappointment does not come from him. <coughs> Things don't always go the way we anticipate, but not because he aims to disappoint them. God does not set us up to disappoint us. He sets us up to love us like a father. Because that's what he's like. So um, let's, let's raise our, our expectations. Let's just ask God for courage to do that. Um, the other thing is, if, if what you were praying for uh, was a healing need, particularly a physical healing need, um, uh, I have a sense that one or two people are going to experience that before the end of uh, the morning. So uh, if uh, something's suddenly a lot better for you, you have my absolute permission just to interrupt whatever I'm saying and say, hey, I'm healed. That would be great. That would be great. Anybody, anybody experiencing that right now? Just be, be really good. Anybody experiencing that right now? It's all right. Don't worry if you're not. But just, I don't want to miss it if we are. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's part one. Part two. Okay, last uh, year, we had a, a year-long series. We asked the question, what are we building? This year, um, we're starting off on, on something else. We're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at His Word and our interaction with it. One of the questions that's exercised me quite a bit recently is, how do we interact with the Word of God? Not just at an intellectual level, not just to, to know it in our minds. That's good. But this is a, a living Word. How does it impinge itself on us? How does it change us and how do we interact with it? And part of that is understanding the breadth of his word. So one of the things that we are going to attempt to do during the year, and I, I must say at this point, in trying to put this together, I have had so much help from uh, Ben and Rachel Gilgan, who've just been, been brilliant, and I don't think I'd have got my head around it without them. So thanks, guys, if you're in here. I don't know where they are, but thanks wherever you are. And um, uh, we're going to attempt to, to understand the whole story in a deeper way so that we understand our place within that. Um, and what I'm starting off with today, really, is just to try and, and set the scene. So I'm going to spend uh, some of the time setting the scene and 
kind of giving us a way to think about the word, but also then just explain practically what's going to be going on and what we're going to be doing and what you can, can get involved with. Is that okay? Good. Anyone too cold to listen? No? Good. Okay. Um, we, ha- we have got an antidote to the, the cold, of course, and that's a, when we were worshipping. You know, you can move around. Annie here at the front was really getting into it. I, I, was, I wasn't looking at you, so I don't know what you were doing, but uh, that's a way you can do it. Okay, Dan was warm because he was sitting in front of the heater, weren't you, Dan? <laughs> you see? Right. Okay, I've got three well-known pieces uh, out of the Bible that I want to try and tie together because I think there's something really important for us to, to grasp from them. Um, uh, they'll be familiar to, to many of you. If they're not familiar, don't worry, I have them up here. Um, Genesis 1, chapter 1. I'm not going to try and explain anything about uh, the whole kind of beginnings um, issues. What I am going to do is look at something I think God wants us to understand here that's a bit different. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. See, we talk about God's Word. We talk about God's Word. Um, If I pick up my Bible to wave it around to represent God's Word, it doesn't mean that having a paper copy of it is any better or worse than any other way. If you're somebody that uses a non-paper copy, uh, then that's fantastic. It's just handy to to wave this around, and it won't break if I drop it. Um, God said, let there be light. Right at the start of everything was God's word. Now, what I want us to try and do is to see that God's word is, it's always God's word. God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there wasn't something, and then God spoke, and there was something. So God's word was active. It does something. When God speaks, it always does something. Actually, it's really interesting that the first thing was, was light. You'll see a bit more of that as we go on, I hope. When God saw that the light was good, sorry, then he saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came the first day. God speaks right at the beginning and something happens. The first two things that happen are God speaks and there is light and then he separates something. He separates the light out from the darkness. So God's word creates, but God's word also brings distinction. It creates boundaries. It brings a separation. Okay, we're going to move on. John 1. So we move from Genesis 1 to John 1. So we've gone quite a long time from uh, the very beginning of things right up to the time when uh, Jesus was around, or at least John was writing about when Jesus was around. And um, he writes this. He takes, uh, he takes that passage and he writes about it in a similar way, but he applies it differently. In the beginning was the word and the word was with uh, and the word was with god and the word was god okay just think about this in the context of what we've just read in the beginning was the word and the word was with god 
and the word was God. Different uh, translations express the, the word that is translated word here in different ways. Um, I'm told that in Greek the word is logos, that we get uh, the idea of logic from, um, but it's also in different uh, translations it's expressed as, uh, sometimes people even call it the living expression. In the beginning was the living expression. But the word was with God and the word was God. Okay, just think about that for a moment. The word was God. What happened in the last passage? God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, let there be light. If the word was God and God said, let there be light, then God's expression of what he's saying, that's God. That's not just something that God does. That is God. That, so when God speaks, that's, that's God acting. That's, the, that's more than just some words coming out. So we use words all the, the time, and, and sometimes we use them seriously, and sometimes we, we don't intend them to be serious. But when God speaks, he's expressing himself. He's not just... He's being himself. That is, it's as though... I can't even think of a, a picture that explains it well. It's as though... God comes out of his own mouth almost, and, and he, is, he is the one that's producing the light. It's not just the activity of language, it's the expression of God himself. Because John says, the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. What did, was the first thing that, that happened when God spoke? There was light, yes? The light shines in the darkness. What did God separate? He separated the light and the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it, or some translators say understood it. And then a bit later on in that chapter, he says this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. Now, many of you will realize this, but at this point, we, we understand that he's talking about Jesus. And he's saying Jesus is the Word. Now, Jesus, a man, a physical man, we've just celebrated the, the birth of Jesus. A physical man was the Word of God. He was an expression of God. Okay, And he was light himself. So when God spoke initially, he said, let there be light. And when Jesus comes, John writes about him and says, this is light. This, this is the light of God. He is the light of the world. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. I am, meaning not just that's me, but I am as an expression of the, the, the life of God, the the essence of God being something and, and it being a person, the person of Jesus. Now, this is the word, okay? When we encounter this writing, we're encountering Jesus. Okay, some of you are looking a bit confused, so I'm just going to go through this slowly. We're encountering Jesus. When we read this... We're not just reading about Jesus. 
we are in some way, in, in the spirit, we're encountering him. An encounter with God's word is an encounter with Jesus. You'll have had the experience. I hope you'll have had this experience. You're reading something, and something, we, we often talk about a, a verse jumping off the page at us, don't we? And something goes kind of, bing, like this. And, uh, uh, and you'll go, oh my goodness, how could I have read this so often and never seen that before, or never had that experience of it before? That's because, in some way that I have absolutely no hope of being able to explain, Jesus is contained in that word. The, the person of the Trinity who lived on the earth as the Son of God, who is still embodied as a person, somehow, through his Spirit, takes this word and it comes alive to us. That's what it means to encounter him. So when we read this word, we're, I want to say we're reading Jesus, but we'll get the wrong idea because we, we won't understand that. But do you, do you see what I'm trying to get at? The, the intimacy of this relationship that's not always my experience when I read the Bible, I have to say. I don't always have that experience when I, I read the Bible. But more and more and more, I'm asking for that type of interaction because the more I understand this, the more I see in this, the more I get to know Jesus. So I had a thought the, the other day. I was... Uh, and I had this thought, and for me, this thought was the, it was the first time I'd ever had this thought. Some of you will sit there and go, oh, I knew that, Graham. How come you're so slow? I just am. I'm sorry. But I had this thought, and it, do you know, it, it really shocked me. I thought, if that's true, that is quite shocking. I was reading the parable of the Good Samaritan. You're familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan? Okay, I probably, uh, most of you are. And um, often in the parables, you can see Jesus there, there's a, there's a picture of Jesus in the, the parable somewhere, like the sow, sower with the seed, you know, it's the, God's the, the sower, the seed is the word of God, all that kind of thing. The parable of the Good Samaritan, somehow I'd always thought of it as an example of the love of God, rather than Jesus being in it. But I was reading this, and uh, but it, was, it was a footnote, actually. It was an explanatory note in the version I was reading. It talked about... Um, when the Samaritan said to the innkeeper, here you are, um, here's some cash, look after him, and if there's more to pay when I get back, I'll pay it. And he said, um, this, this is a picture of Jesus. This is a picture of Jesus when he comes back and he, and, and he, he claims us as his own and he pays the full, uh, or he, he makes up for everything that has not yet been, been accomplished. The cross has done everything, but you know, the, the stuff that we, we deal with now. Um, Jesus comes and deals with all that. And I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, the Samaritan is Jesus. Now, when I first said that to myself, I thought, that's heretical. Because the Samaritans were the, the people that the Jews hated. But then I realized, no, not at all. Actually, this fits entirely. The Samaritan is Jesus. Now, for me, that was, that was brand new. That was sort of bing, that was kind of revelation. And that was me interacting with Jesus. I got to know Jesus better in that moment because I was reading the Word, not just the Word of God, the book, that we have great love and respect for, but somehow it's more important than that. 
Okay, let's move on. Hebrews 1. So we've done Genesis 1, we've done John 1. We're now doing Hebrews 1. Have we got it up there? Good. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Okay, so he's looking back and just saying, if we wanted to hear God in the past, God speaks through the prophets. Now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. Through the Son, he created the universe. So it's really echoing quite a lot of what we read in Genesis 1 and John 1. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So he's just emphasizing the oneness of God and the Son. He's actually doing it in particular because one of the things he's trying to address is a a problem people had with getting angels and the worship of angels out of perspective. That's why a little bit uh, further on he said, this is so much greater than the angels. He's just trying to emphasize that. But that's not the point we're making here. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he, this is the son, had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Okay, we're going to look at that in a different version. Um, And the heading here is Jesus, the language of God. Jesus is the language of God. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son the appointed heir of everything. This translation is describing Jesus as a language. Put that idea together with John saying, um, the word was God and the word was with God. Put that together with the idea of God speaks and something happens. Jesus is not only a person... He's not only our saviour, he's not only our redeemer, our healer, our brother, our friend. He is the very language of God. Everything that Jesus did was God speaking. Every time we read about him in the Gospels, every encounter he has, every person he meets, every healing, every prayer... It's God expressing himself. He is the language of God. Okay? Uh, I, was, um, I was given a Christmas present, which will reassure you. I was given a Christmas present, and one of the, I was given several. One of the Christmas presents I was given was a book. And it's a big, heavy book, so you can tell it's to do with the Bible because it's big and heavy and impressive. And, and, um, and it's called the Infographic Bible. Does anybody not know what an infographic is? Okay, an infographic is a picture. It's a picture that, that gives you some information. So a map, a, a chart, a graph is an infographic. Okay, it's just a posh word to, to, uh, to try and make it sound as though it's something new we've thought of um, when it's not new at all. But this is the infographic Bible, and it's got all kinds of um, fascinating uh, analyses of what is in the Bible, of the... Um, 
for instance, the one that's in my mind at the moment is the, the places Jesus was when he taught. So, uh, and it, it lists, you know, uh, the place where Jesus was most often when he taught, the joint, joint first places where Jesus was, people's homes and the synagogue or the temple. That accounts for about 80% of Jesus' teaching in the Bible. Now, that's not something I'd ever thought of in that way before, but just seeing it in that way helps, helps me understand the way he worked, the people that he was talking to, what he was trying to communicate. It's a fascinating book. I, I was going to, to bring it and show you, but I thought, it's so heavy, I thought if I put it on here, this would kind of disappear down into the, the ground or it would fall off, and um, that wouldn't be so clever. Jesus is the language of God. don't know if you've ever thought about that, but every time we see Jesus doing something, he is expressing something of God. That's why I think he said, I only say what I hear my father saying. I only do what I see him doing. Now, um, I'm going to go a step further here. I haven't got a a passage from a chapter one for this, but... um, Jesus lives in his church, yes? Yes. The church is the language of God on the earth. It's not a perfect expression of that because we are not perfect as a church. We are not perfect as individuals. Well, I'm not, and that lets me know that you're probably not as well. But, that, but for us to imagine that, we, that God's intention is anything less than for us to be his, the perfect expression of his language, I believe is a wrong interpretation of God's desires, of God's purpose. So we are, in a measure, the language of God. That means that everything we do, which is in agreement with the with the Spirit of God, which is acting under the, the inspiration of the, the Spirit of God, can be interpreted as the language of God. You can express the language of God, not just when you read the Bible, but all of the time. At work, at school, at home, in the shop on the telephone to the call centre, in the car when somebody cuts you up. Ah, See, now the rubber's hitting the road, isn't it? But it isn't just what we say, it's what we do. It's when we love people, when when we do something, when we serve them. We're expressing the language of God. Now, I got... I was preparing this on whatever it was, Thursday, Friday, but I've been thinking about it for a while. But suddenly this thing clicked in my head and I got unreasonably excited about it. (laughs) Unreasonably excited because I suddenly saw something in God's intention that I had not quite understood in that way before. Now you you might think, hang on, Graham, you're overstating the 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 kind of the the place of, of man in God's plan. Actually, I don't think I am. I think I can, I can defend it. You know, and if you want to come and talk to me about it, that's fine. Do that. 
But I don't see why all this is here if we're not intended to understand that that our interaction with, with God's word, this, leads us to be more effectively God's word, his language in the world. Why do we need to engage with the Bible? A relationship with God is a relationship a relationship with God's word is a relationship with Jesus who's the visible image of the invisible God. There's no separation between Jesus and God. So a close relationship with God's word involves for us a relationship with something that has no separation from God. There is no separation between the word of God and God. So the more we interact with the word of God, the more we interact with God. To discover more in God's word is not simply to know about Jesus, but to know him better. The mistake comes when the discovery of God's word stops here. Okay? We can know about the Bible, and we can know about Jesus, but that's not the same as knowing Jesus. I've met people that know about Jesus, but they haven't known him. And it's a mistake we can make. I'm absolutely all for knowing God's word well and understanding it well. I'm all for that. But I'm all for it when it leads us to know Jesus. And to know God better is to know his love. Because you can't separate God from his love, because God is love. So what happens... That's, okay, this is, this is where you can engage. If your brains are still working, where you can engage. What's going to be one of the outcomes of us knowing this better? We're going to love more. We're going to love better. We're going to, it'll just happen. We won't have to think about it. It will happen. It will just flow out of us more and more and more. So we're going to um, spend a bit of time exploring that this year. Uh, Here are just uh, some of the benefits of of discovering more of God's word. It brings light into our lives. Uh, Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your word brings light. Um, If you, uh, we're going to email this um, presentation out to everybody, by the way, so if you don't get it all, uh, um, you can have a look at it again. Um, It keeps us from sin, uh, Psalm 119, uh, 11, which is, uh, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, It teaches us discernment, Hebrews 4.12. That's where the word of God separates, divides uh, soul from spirit, bone from marrow. It instructs us, 1 Peter 2.23. I can't remember what that one is at the moment. Somebody clever will. Renews our minds and unlocks our purpose. When we get to know God better through his word, we get to know his purpose for our lives better. You want to know what to do with your life in 2019? This will help. This will help. It brings health, um, strength to my bones, Proverbs uh, 3, 7 and 8. It leads to salvation, of course. Um, Pretty difficult to have salvation without the word of God. Uh, Much, much easier to have salvation with the word of God. And it brings joy. Actually, Psalm 119, if you don't know it, is, is a brilliant psalm for, for just seeing all the, the benefits of the Word of God. And at, just because I'm so nice to you, 
Um, I've taken them all out, and uh, you're going to get emailed that as well. I haven't emailed it to you yet, Liz. But, um, so you won't have to go and look it all up. Um, though if you use Bible Gateway, you could do that. It's really easy. So, okay, everybody got that. Have I, could we just cancel the whole year and, and just work with that, or do we need to, to go a bit further? So, a needle-pulling thread. Anyone been to see Mary Poppins yet? Are you going Monday? I'm just. What, do you think it's is it is it a bit weird for a 58 year old guy to go and see Mary Poppins on his own? No. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> they told me it was all right, officer. Honest. <laughs> I asked the church, and they'd done the safeguarding course, and they said it wasn't weird. So. So what are, what are we going to do? What are we? going to do for, uh, when I say we, um, those of us that are responsible for putting this program together. Um, we're going to get to know Jesus better through. So we've got a number of layers of things that, that we can do this year. Um, uh, a good part of the Sunday program will be devoted to this. We're going to, uh, we're going to look at, we're going to try and understand the whole, the whole story of Scripture. We're going to um, just try and, and see where some key people fit into that. Uh, we've got an expert coming for a weekend to talk to us. His name is Alistair Cutteridge. Uh, I know, I know. Alistair Cutteridge is returning. He's coming. He's going to do some teaching that he does in the uh, King's School of Theology. He's coming to do that for a weekend with us on the six acts of Scripture. If you don't know what that is, you'll enjoy it. It's very, very good. Um, we're also going to spend some time during the year looking at the different genre of writing. Um, there are lots of different genres within this. Um, there's poetry, there's history, there's, um, there's actual uh, verbal account, there's, uh, um, there's imagery, there's a whole range of things. So we're going to look at those and try and uh, help us understand what we're reading a bit better. Um, so that's going to be on, on Sundays. Um, we're going to have some, uh, some kind of... Um, Informal discussion groups. Um, have I got to the, the reading plans yet? Um, no, I haven't. Okay, so we've, we've recommended a couple of reading plans or some kind of reading plan to you all. If it's something that, that you struggle with, just having the discipline of, of reading and understanding, there are some great resources available, loads and loads of them online. We've sent out an email with some, um, some links. If you haven't had the email, there'll be a paper copy for you if you're... Uh, not somebody that uses that, but um, have a look at those. They are very, very good. Um, and what we thought we'd do is we'd get some occasional groups together, not in a formal way, but in a kind of informal way, and maybe people can discuss what they're reading. So if everybody's just read through Leviticus and you're going, what? You know, then let's get together and share our ignorance. Um, because we might, uh, we might actually learn something from, from one another, from the kind of insights that, that God gives us. Um, uh, there's also uh, a thing called the Bible Project. Um, put your hand up if you already know what the Bible Project is. Okay, some of you know. The rest of you need to know. The Bible Project is excellent. The, um, the details are in the email that I've already written and sent, so I'm not going to tell you about that. Just have a look at it. Um, and we thought we'd have some, uh, we just thought this would be fun. We could have some video nights when we look at these, these videos. They're short, they're about 10 minutes average, these things, and it goes through a whole range of different stuff. Often it would just cover a book of the Bible and it would give an overview of the book of the Bible. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to have some video nights so we can get together with popcorn and 
Coke and stuff like, you know, Coke that you drink, that type. Um, and stuff like... The thing is, you all know what that is. That worries me slightly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you're all warm. Um, and... Uh, we just thought that would be a fun thing to do. Um, we're not setting up new groups. We're just getting people together. Um, there'll be food involved. There'll be, be other things. And we, uh, we'll be uh, giving you some details of, of that later on in the, the year. And then there's also a thing called Reframe, which is a resource that um, a couple of people recommended to us. And uh, without spending a lot of time uh, explaining it now... Uh, we think we're going to try and use this. It's a, it's a video-based resource. It's a discussion group-based resource. Um, it can involve food as well, so that's okay. And um, we thought it would just be really interesting to try and take... The, what Reframe is doing is it's taking God's Word and it is applying it into our lives, into our, uh, our workplace situations, our, our skills, our gifts, uh, the places we interact um, so all of that's going to happen through the year. If by the time we get to the end of this year, we've all spent more time in God's Word and got to know Jesus better as a result, that will be a good outcome, won't it? Great. Okay. Uh, uh, what's the next slide say? Oh, this, this says what we're going to do on, on Sundays. Uh, I've explained all that. And the next one... Should be about, oh, about reframe. There you are. Uh, oh, I'm so organized. Uh, enter into the big story of Scripture. Explore how the gospel reframes all of life. It's a 10-session video-based Bible study. Um, oh, this, this is a really good quote. I love this quote. It's not enough to have a reframed understanding of the biblical story. We must be pulled through the frame and into the story, left breathless from our encounter with the living God. <coughs> You see, there's a strong argument for saying that if the church is an expression of the language of God, that we are still writing the story because Jesus hasn't come back yet. Have you thought about that? You are still writing God's story on the earth. Think about that tomorrow morning, whatever you do, wherever you go. I'm writing God's story on the earth. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Here's what you can all do. Enhance your habits. I'm not going back to Coke now, okay? Enhance your habit of reading the Bible. If it's not a regular habit for you, try to make it one. The easiest things are a time and a place. A time and a place that works for you. Whether it's out walking the dog... Did you see, did any of you see Helen Farrington on television? This, this, yeah, I saw Helen Farrington on television. I want your autograph, Helen. She was out walking her dog. Nothing to do with, with um, what I'm talking about particularly. It just came back to mind and I, I thought you looked cold so you needed waking up. You're all sitting there putting your coats on. There's Noah in his shirt sleeves. He's feeling warm, okay? <laughs> he is hard. So, enhance your habits. Make a change. Do something about it. If it's, if it's one of those things you think, oh, I always struggle with this, just find a way of not struggling. Whether it's just take five minutes over breakfast, take your Bible to, to breakfast. Um, uh, um, people sometimes use their lunchtime at work. 
or in the evening. It doesn't have to be in the morning. doesn't have to be at lunchtime. Just make a time and stick with it. Um, buy a new Bible. You'd be amazed how this works. People buy a new Bible and, um, and they just suddenly think, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a new Bible. and I'm It's just something that sets a new habit. So in order to help you, um, can I have a beautiful assistant? No, well, you'll do, because you're, you're beautiful. There are two Bibles I have here. I'm giving things away. Oh, come on, help me out, people. I'm giving things away. What, thank you. One is, uh, the one in his left hand is the message version. It's a, a paraphrase. This one is um, the Christian Standard Bible, and uh, it is authentic. It's reliable, promise, Okay. If you haven't got a Bible, or you just like a, a new one, or you want to give a Bible to somebody, um, just put your hand up. First two hands up, Noah's going to come and get you. There's one there, okay? She gets the choice. Anybody else? Oh, look, in the same row. There we go. Thank you so much. A round of applause for Noah, please. Uh, and, and get a reading plan with it, because that will really help you. Um, it's not that difficult to get through the Bible in a year. I think it works out about three chapters a day and five on Sundays. Um, get some other resources. Use the resources that are available. Online resources, books, other people. Highlighters. Just highlighting things in the, in the, the, the Bible. Just getting a, a crayon and going over it. And you see some people and their, their Bible's just full of colour. They use different colours for different things. So uh, those of you that like colour, you can, you can get carried away. That's all right. And then... Uh, there's a load of stuff about uh, different resources there. Some of those, again, those details are in the email that I sent. Okay, let's just stand up and we're going to finish off together. I'm going to pray together. I'm not going to ask the, uh, the musicians to come back up because their fingers are probably frozen. So, Okay, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us something very, very, very precious. We want to interact with you this year in a way that we never have because we want to be your language on the earth more and more and more. Father, will you please help us? Amen. Amen. Okay, last thing. When your prayer gets answered uh, from what we did right at the beginning, please let somebody know. Okay, testimony is really important, really helpful. And if somebody knows that something we prayed about in a meeting happened, then you never know. People might pray in other meetings. That would be great. Okay. God bless you all. Have a great week.